0: Welcome to the CGN podcast. On today's episode, we have Tony Fruin, and his story is completely unbelievable. This is just a disclaimer that we do talk or mention suicide. So, anyone that has a trigger, just be mindful that that will be discussed. Enjoy. We are live, episode two with Tony. It's so exciting mate. I'm so chuffed to have you on the show and this stems from a relationship that we've had for uh for a few years now. Uh, I've done a lot of well, you've done a lot of graphic design for me. You're the the man behind my logo. It's the little egg in the frying pan that's also an apple if you haven't noticed. We had a really interesting the reason why I've got Tony on and I guess why I want to get him on now is because of obviously COVID and how it's been over the last what, eight weeks now ish, that it's really impacted all of us. Uh it's a different sort of mindset he brings to to the world. And I always knew and I see Tony as one of the happiest men I know. Uh but he's got one hell of a story that we've only really found out about a couple of days. Oh, what was it a week ago? So I was really excited. I was like, "Mate, I've got to get you on asap because people need to hear this." And with a different change in mindset, mindset, can completely completely change the way you you see life. And I guess that's really the focus of this talk: is is how we how we view the life uh, our lives and um, how you know how good we've really got it because the story is completely blew me away Um, with someone else. Another friend on the call, Sam Robinson blew him away as well. And we can't stop talking about it. So we want to share it publicly because it's a, it's an exciting one. And if you can see the little golden thing here, I've gone full, full kit. Finally got uh, the, the podcast microphone. All I need now is some special uh, headphones to go with it, but I'll stop talking. I'm probably over and done with that now, but this is excited to have you on the show, mate. And yeah. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for this uh, for this opportunity. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> that sort of casual Friday BS talk, I mean, I never thought it would ever get to this point, but, you know, I was just sharing some interesting stuff. But yeah, thank you for this opportunity, I guess, um, to be on the podcast and talk shit and
0: Smoke some weed? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to stay credible above board, but mate, that's all yours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, mate. So essentially, you told us a little bit about your story, but um, rather than me saying it, I, I want to hear hear you. And let's just start off with, you know, what do you do now? What's your what's your nine to five? Yeah. So um, at the moment, I work for the uh, Politic. Um,
1: Ada now, um, formerly known as uh, CPIT. I worked there as a graphic designer. I studied there as a uh, I studied graphic design there, uh, and after design school, they offered me a, a job, and I've been with them for five years now, and that's yeah, it's been good so far, it's stressful and you know like any other job, I guess. But we're, we're getting
0: there. Nice. So are you still working from home throughout throughout this? So
1: yeah, I'm we're concerned. still working from home. Now, um, we haven't really got any update on when we can go back to the office. Um, I'd imagine it'll be another few weeks or maybe for the rest of level two because um, it's a big office, open office. So it doesn't really work to have... Half working there and half working from home, but <clears throat> yeah, I've I've loved working from home, mate. Nice. And getting out of the house and getting some D from the sun. Hmm. Walking the talking, dog
0: and. Yeah, nice. No, just talking to before about your uh, your little shoulder niggle, but I think it's something we can mm. dive into down the track with some of the.
1: Yeah.
0: Obviously, with injuries and stuff, I can relate to quite strongly. I'm sure you got a story around mm. that as well. Um, but yeah. mate, I guess. I really want to know about sort of where you've come from. And all I know is that you're a humble Samoan from like came to New Zealand at the age of 19. I don't know how much English you knew, but there's a, yeah, there's a big cultural as well as a language barrier there. And for you to get to where you are now is it's just, it's, it's phenomenal and it's exciting to, to hear the story and the way you inspire others in the same boat. So mate. Tell us your story of, of where it all started. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> um, so I uh, grew up in the um,
1: the other island of Samoa, well, not the capital, but uh, Um It's the biggest island, but they, yeah. So I grew up there and, and moved to Apia around three, I think. And it was, uh, I mean, I never thought that my life was any different from everyone else, but it was interesting when we talked about the um that Friday with Sam about the um the COVID thing and people fighting over toilet paper and it's like fuck. I didn't um I never thought I've never used a lot of toilet paper growing up. Um, I mean um we didn't have um because I grew up in a very poor family. I we didn't have a lot of money and and um we didn't have uh a toilet like a proper flush toilet with a, a, a long drop throughout my whole, i came to new zealand at 19 i was still shitting in a long job <laughs> um because we didn't have um running water um we still had to walk. there's a, a little uh lake and there's a cave in there we, we had to go in and get drinking water from like from those um what you call those bubbles that come from the ground <laughs> like a well yeah, uh, but you, you swim into the cave to get to those ones because it's fresh water from there. But wow. we never had, uh, we never had uh, running water or a tap or a shower. Um, we mainly have um, those um, gallons outside the house for rainwater, and that's how we shower. And so every weekend we'd go to that lake and get water to fill up those um, gallons for cooking and showering because we can shower in the lake, but it's like 20, 15 minutes away, walking. Um, And yeah, we never had running water and that's why we didn't have a flush toilet. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't think I've used a lot of toilet paper till I came here. (laughs) We used (laughs) banana leaves when it turns brown. You just scratch that motherfucker up and it feels like two ply. But um, it was interesting to see people fight over toilet paper. And it's like, man, there's there's other people around the world. And I'm not saying it's just me. I mean, I know there's people with a lot more worse situation than I did. But, you know, it's that thing to be thankful for the stuff that you have. And there's always a way to work around things. And it's it's a shame to see people fight over something, you know, um, like toilet paper. Right. Um but that was the first thing I guess for me growing up with a lot of that stuff. Um sometimes I get embarrassed when my friends come over because I've seen especially in high school, some of my friends had nice houses and they had flush toilets when I go over, sleep over, but when they come to my house they had to they had to shit in the long drop. Um tell so yeah, I was embarrassed when I grew up because I mean becoming a teenager, it's like fuck you know? Why did my parents have to stop going to school? <laughs> so I had to fucking, you know, do this shit. But later on, I learned their reasons why they didn't finish school and stuff. And it was all to do with family. And But, you know, back then I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking, fuck, I, I never want to grow up and live like this. I don't want my kids or my grandkids to go through what I... Um, I know um, how a teenager or how those kids would feel, um, the embarrassment and shame of being uh, poor, I guess. But now looking back, saying, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I'm glad I went through that. And, then, and the goal was, I guess, to in the context of coming to New Zealand, I was like, man, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I don't live my adult life like this Um of course, I made it out to be a, a very bad thing back then when I was, you know, young and dumb. But I guess the goal for me was to, you know, um, to do everything I can to make sure that my family first will uh, have running water. And that was the first thing I bought my parents when I got paid was to buy them um, uh, those pipes to, to get some water from the main and the main road and stuff. And how long ago was that? That was in 2009 that was my second year of yeah. course cool. so you managed to get
0: enough money yeah. in in a couple of years yeah. to pay for running water I, yeah because
1: i i came here and lived with my auntie i came here in 2008 um i spent a month here and i like, got a job at um you know the new pit that we trained at mm-hmm. there's a service foods in the like, not far from there, I used to work there. I used to pack orders and um, drive a forklift. I used to work the frid, uh, the freezer, and it was awesome. I liked that job. Hey, eh? um, it was good money, um, but early start. I had to start at four, but I had to bike from Hampshire uh, to Kewenataris. <clears throat> so
0: wow, well, and the yeah. this the, the summer oh boy in the freezing cold fucking cross yeah, the
1: freezer <laughs> yeah, but yeah uh, um, yeah, it was good money, and I mean I didn't spend a lot of money when I was here because there was nowhere to go. it was just work and then the house, and that was pretty much it. There was no social life because I mean I didn't have any friends, I didn't know a lot of people. It was just my auntie and uncle and I guess that was good, so I don't spend money. Mm. I buy I bought clothes from um, uh, warehouse and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was it
0: was good. So was the value of money for you at that time quite different than what it potentially is now? I'm not saying it's a um, bad thing.
1: Yeah, I, I think I thought of money differently back then. When I didn't have enough of it, but um, but yeah, I mean, all I was thinking at at the time was making money was the. Uh, was to uh, get the things that I wanted to fix back home, and the first thing was to get running water, so they, yeah so my brothers are enjoying that <laughs> they don 't have to go to the to the lake anymore to get water it's just turn on the shower and here we go and now we have a we have a flush toilet now, and you know there was a lot of pressure on me because i 'm the uh, eldest of three boys. Um, so there was a lot of pressure on me to um, step up and look after the family. And I guess that's a cultural thing. I mean, any Samoan that you talk to that come from there, they'll probably say the same thing. And they came here so that they can give their family a better life. And it's s- small things like that that we take for granted. Well, I definitely do now. It's just something as turning on the shower and put that motherfucker the motherfucker on warm and oh man this is great. <laughs> Some shampoo. <laughs> um yeah, but I never I never thought I'll I'll get to well I knew the goal was to not to avoid having to go through that trouble of getting drinking water and stuff. But yeah, so that was the main priority I guess. But mm. I mean we're still poor and I'm still working on Even now, I'm still working on building my parents a house and I don't think it ever stops. I mean, I still send them money. Um, Even though they don't ask for money, but I feel bad eating a steak, knowing that they must be eating just the boiled green bananas with coconut cream because that was the main in our house for the whole weekend. Um, And then we only eat like a king in the weekend because of church and family gatherings and stuff. so I guess I send money over so I don't feel bad buying KFC or eating a salmon or a steak. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big thing that we took away is that just the value of or our expectations now compared to what they really should be and for a lot of people is, you know, what your needs have changed significantly during COVID for us that have had that privilege for so long. Um, that hearing your story took us even a step further back uh, into into actually thinking, well, we do have it really good and when things are bad, we still have it good or really good compared to to a lot of other people. And that's where I guess that story completely blew me and Sam away uh, when we said it because... We wouldn't we, like we just look at a flush toilet as something that is genuinely just something that is there, and I guess it goes into a lot of other things like, you know, your car getting you from A to B rather than having a bike, you know, the supermarket having food that's available, like when you need it rather than having to plan mm. your shops all week, all week and trying to make sure you're not waiting in lines, you know, like it's things like that that, it's so minute, but it's just it goes back to this whole thing of of gratitude again and, and how fortunate we really are and thankful for the stuff like you said turning on a hot shower just being thankful for being able to do that and I guess with with you and when you came here and your realization of or what was your first I guess I still want to dive into a little bit of how I guess we live or how you live now you know how what was the sort of switch for you when you moved into your auntie's place and and saw that theshed had the flush toilet and the and the running shower and other people that you know that you're working with had all that as well like how was that for you when you first moved over?
1: yeah I thought I was rich <laughs> when i uh, moved into my auntie's house because it was a nice house and you know you, know, you jump in the shower and have a glass door and you know have a mirror that you can. See yourself having a shower. Um so so I thought it's like, man, this is the life. Like it feels like it um it feels different but in a good way. Like this is what I've been dreaming of for uh, while I was growing up. And you know, I like, thought so that um and I thought to myself, man, I'm I'm gonna um I want this for my my family to enjoy that. Um like I do when I took my first shower at my, my auntie's house and the to flush toilet. I mean, toilet paper was something weird to, <laughs> to play with a roll And, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it does. It took a little bit of getting used to, um, and obviously this, um, hygiene etiquette and stuff with the brush with the toilet brush and, and things like that. So we had to learn all that stuff. Cause I, um, I didn't know and you know, there was a few telling off <laughs> from uh, in terms of number two in the toilet didn't clean it up <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah and uh, the other funny thing was aiming because like, apparently like if you make too much noise pissing it doesn't sound very good when people are in the kitchen eating and stuff I like oh I didn't know that was a thing <laughs> so it's like instead of aiming for the water just aim for the sides and Hope for the best. But um, it's those things that I do take for granted now. I mean, COVID was good in a way uh, in terms of thinking about how far we've come in life and the things we have and, I guess, coming back to gratitude and stuff. There's so many micro details of our lives that we take for granted. I mean, a hug, for example. I mean, we never thought we will see the day where we have to ask people if we can Hug them, you know, stay away from, like, what is it, two meters or one meter from from people? I right? mean, but those things we didn't think of too much when we when we could do it, just shaking people's hands, and and now it does feel weird that we can't freely do that anymore, and it makes you think of all the other things that we do take for granted on an everyday life and get to appreciate while we have the opportunity to to, to do those. And I know I said that with a man-casing um, smile that it's not illegal yet. Mm. Who knows? It may be illegal and like thinking it, you think about a lot of things, like it may be illegal if, if you can't hug a prison now, who knows? Some some shit's about to happen there's a lot of things that we can't necessarily do um, like we used to before, so appreciate that shit and um, do it as much as you can now before you, can't do it anymore, I guess. It's a learning from the COVID thing,
0: mate. That's amazing. S- mm-hmm. s- smile, it's not illegal because even giving a <laughs> hug now, maybe you heard it here first. 2020, <laughs> Tony Freud, <Fruin. Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> it's outstanding. Yeah, we, we never know, mate. Right? Yeah, we never know, but it's mate, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's um, really sort of set the standard of, of where we want to go and into diving into this a little bit more of, you know, so you worked at the free, was it like a, at a, at a food, food goods store in a freezer, basically. Yeah. Um, like where, where did the transition come to you in terms of, cause you spoke to me a little bit about how you're, wanted to be a comedian at one stage, but also that you do graphic design, you know, where did, where did that shift for you? And and was there, I guess the language barrier for you and having to, you've obviously, we understand you had to learn the culture, you know, you had to know yeah. how to a bloody toilet for crying out loud you know like that's if that's not a culture shock I'm not sure what is but I think that's a really important part of of your journey and and your expectation of like what 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 were some other massive learnings for you in terms of that journey in between sort of from that first job where you considered yourself being you know rich as you said to to more of down the career path that you're looking to now
1: yeah um yeah the um the hardest thing I had to do when I first came here was to learn English because I, I mean, I learned English in high school, but we learned the formal side of things. Like I knew how to say, "How are you?" Uh, "I'm good, thank you." Like that sort of things. We now you don't really talk to people like that. Anyway, we have the slang or whatever we call it. But mm-hmm. so the, I mean, I knew how to say those things like thank you and goodbye, like the simple. But I couldn't string a sentence together. Like um, if I try to explain something, it takes a long time because I have to translate it in my head and try to find the words to um, to make it make sense. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, but my cousin I had a little cousin when I came here. Yeah, I think he was maybe six or seven, or maybe older than that. But he had a um, Goosebumps books. I think uh, he had a few books from, um, uh, what you call it? Uh, Give Yourself Goosebumps. Like there was a, a series, a book series. Yeah, we, we on our Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to uh, teach me how to read them. I think it was, they did something at school about reading and stuff. And so it was um, his way of having a laugh. <laughs> I guess it started off as that. It's like he likes to make fun of me when I can't pronounced to read I can't read. It was like, man, you, you're older than me, but you can't read. But um, So yeah, I started reading those. And I had an older cousin as well, because my auntie had two children at the time. She was older than me. She's older than me. Um, yeah, so I learned a few things from them, and like especially with reading those goosebumps. And I thought it was hard, but apparently it was for children <laughs> to read those books. And um, yeah, that was... I guess the hardest thing I've ever done, if I think back, is just trying to understand grammar and whatever, like adject- adjectives and nouns and words and and all that stuff. So it's, but it was, um, yeah, it was fun. It was goosebumps and rap lyrics because my cousins were really into uh, rap music and stuff. So we had to, yeah, learn lyrics. And so, yeah, I can rap. <laughs> but, um, that's how I learned to speak English, I guess, but there were other things um, after that, like uh, different jobs that I worked at, um, like the, the one that Service foods, like because I worked with another guy called Rob in the freezer, and he'd teach me the lingo, like the the slang and the naughty words and stuff, and I, I think he was a, a Maori boy. And so I learned a lot from him in terms of um, the Kiwi um, language, I guess, because you have English and then you have a Kiwi language, you know, like straight up and um, out of it. Like we started with those things. I guess it was popular at the time, those things. Um, but yeah, we started with those and then how to put together a, a sentence that doesn't sound like formal English, but um, I'm trying to think of an example. But you know how we talk now? Supper? how you doing? Things like that, yeah. Um So he, yeah, that's how I learned the lingo, I guess. And but and he used to write me stuff to learn so I can come the next day and say it to him. And he would know, ask me questions, and now I answer back. So it was it was good. And always, yeah. You know, um, sadly, he passed away a few years back, but I always kept in touch with Rob. Um, he was a good, he was a good, he was a GC, I guess. Um, yeah, he helped me a lot with that in the in the sense of learning the language, and but uh, in terms of studying, because I uh, I lived with my auntie from two thousand and eight to two thousand and nine, and then we had a few issues, some family issues that I won't go into detail. I don't know if she's watching this, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I got kicked out of the house in two thousand and nine, um, and I didn't know anyone. Because I mean, apart from the guys that I work with, there were no friends. I mean, the guys that I work with, it was just work. I don't know where they live. I don't know their phone numbers and stuff. But yeah, I, I, um, it was a lonely time, I guess, because I mean, I didn't have, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but I had a girlfriend at the time and um, she had a friend and I guess it started from there. They, um, I stayed with them for a little bit and um, I started going looking for jobs because I, you know, I had to pay them um, anyway. Because I mean, I was paying three hundred dollars bond and my before I, was, before I was out. And um, so I found a job at uh, what do you call it? Oh, the Spates Ale House on Believ. Uh Richie was Richie Norton was uh, was there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I uh, um, got to know him, and he gave me a job and a place to live, um, right next to, right next to the hotel. Um, and it was good. It was, I mean, it was good finding that job and making money. But mentally, I was, I was very like there was a lot of sleepless nights and thinking back, it's like fuck, why did I copy here? Like I start questioning. Everything that I've done so far, it's like, I, you know, I could have been home and be happy with uh, my life back then, but my life back home. But, um, you know, this is fucked up and, you know, I I just didn't know where to go from there. I was just working to make money, but I didn't have a, I guess I didn't have a goal straight away. But the overall goal was to help the family back home. But obviously I had to have a goal for me here anyway. but. Going back, so I'm jumping all over the place. But You're right. going back before moving, before moving here, um, in in high school, I like, I was the, uh, I mean, I did alright in high school, but um, uh, I didn't pay too much attention to the classes because the classes were boring as fuck, <laughs> like they were just talking, and and so I started drawing pictures um, on my like my workbooks and stuff in high school were full of pictures saying you know, started with titties and dicks and then eventually progressed to to faces and animals and things it's actually like that. real things I, it's a, yeah, i think anyone who starts drawing they always start with a big mm. dick and a big titty uh, and then he sort of progress to drawing mm. some actual um pictures but i was always a guy who's always at the back of the class drawing pictures and we had um so the, in our, well, they called them form room, but in our classroom over there, they had names of different career paths, that, like policeman, uh, doctor, lawyer, like the standard. And um, and there was at the corner there was graphic designer, <laughs> there was a, a, a little piece of paper with graphic designer, on it. and because I knew what a lawyer was, I knew what a policeman was. I was like, I want to be that thing that I don't know what the fuck it is. I didn't know what a graphic designer was. Um, but in the Samoan culture, they want you to be either a policeman, a pastor, a lawyer, like those big jobs because it comes with a big reputation, I guess. Um, but I don't think my parents care too much if I become any of those things. It's just that they've always told me to you know, if I know, because I always complain about going, um, then I have to work hard at school and, and make sure that I find a good job to look after the family and stuff. But even saying that I want to be a graphic designer, and I didn't, it was just a spur of the moment thing because everyone's either doing policeman or a doctor or lawyer. So thought, well, I'm going to go there because no one's doing that, but I don't know what it is. But one of my teachers that I still get in touch with, and it's Did you actually know that you were going to become a graphic designer? It's like, No idea. Right? If you asked me back then, it was just saying it. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of thought. But after high school, I knew I was good at drawing stuff and art, uh, I guess they call it now. But in Samoa, there's no. Later on in high school, I um, learned about graphic design, what it is although it was vaguely explained to me. It was just told, oh, those are the people who uh, lay out newspapers, um, images and stuff. But it wasn't very explained to me in detail what it was. Um, but I guess it stuck with me because there's no art school. Well, there's, there is an art school in Samoa, but it's a, a fine art school with sculpturing and um, yeah, things like that. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to learn computers and stuff. Uh, Finished high school when you still had a computer, like this big, you know, the back, like those old mm-hmm. Microsoft computers and stuff. Yeah. But it came to me, and I guess that sort of left when I came here. I didn't really think much of graphic design anymore. I was thinking of just finding any job I can um, and just make some money. But uh, I went to an open day at CPIT at the time. And then I asked one of the um, one of the tutors there about graphic design. And then he started talking to me about all these things that uh, blew me away about graphic design. It's not just drawing pictures and laying out pictures. It's so much more than that. And and I guess I've always been a weird kid with ideas and um being creative and solving problems and things like that, but yeah, that's how I got to that bit of the story, eh? To graphic design, and it was, I guess, it was a very low point in my life. Anyway, I remember having, like I just told you about my 21st in 2010, because I mean, there was no one, I didn't know anyone, so I went and bought a, a pie from the uh, the uh, BP across. I think it was a a BP. Yeah, it was a BP before it was a mobile across from uh, Spade's Ale House. bought a pie from there and that was my 21st. At that moment, I was so stressed out with everything. I thought no one loved me here and questioning every decision I made and coming here anyway. And I thought I was gonna end it there. I was like, man, this is it for me. I'm gonna have this pie and I'm gonna say goodbye to the world and <laughs> and I'm gonna you know, end this um, whole disaster for myself. But, the very thought of not saying goodbye to my parents, especially my mom, because she's a very emotional person. Even now when we talk every day, when she says goodbye, she always cries. It's like, Jesus woman, I'm a 30 year old man. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the very thought of not having to say goodbye to my parents and explain to them what had happened, because they they didn't know what was going on with me, because my auntie never told them that I was out of the house. And so she said, they didn't know that I was kicked down and I was on my own. But that very thought sort of I guess stopped me from that's how I pussied out of killing myself. I guess if I can say that, I know it's a bit dark, but that was the reality of it for me at the time. Um and sort of I had to think of another way to, you know, started talking to myself and call myself out on my own bullshit and the things that I was telling myself about my life so far and, and that um, and there was uh, people talking at um, work that night about the open day at CPIT and the Polytech. So um, so I went in the morning, went to that open day and, and I'm thankful that I went that day. <laughs> and that's how it all started for me with the graphic design. But I had to do, I had to study for four years because I had to do a foundation class. Because I didn't have any, because I didn't, there was no proof that I did any art thing in high school. Um, whereas if here, if you did an art class in high school, you can go straight to the uh, degree and do start from the first year. But I had to do a foundation and so. stuff. But story short, that was a good day. I guess it didn't feel good at the time, but mm. I guess now it was the best decision I made. Waking up that morning and going to the
0: open day yeah. so it's kind um, of a now rock I'm here yeah, absolutely that's a rock bottom moment, and I guess yeah. that 's the next step is or the question I want to ask and you always talk about smiling it 's free you know like where where did that stem from yeah. and sort of what, what drove you to sort of think like that um, <laughs> yeah because i was I was in the
1: That's actually a thing I discovered when I started um, studying and stuff. I sort of learned a little bit more about being happy and smiling and laughing and started, um, my friends at school started showing me um, stand-up comedy and things like that. Um, But uh, my tutor, Henry, um, he's a... He's quite a popular guy with art and he's a weird guy with art. He had an art car and stuff. He always says to me to, to smile because it makes you feel good. And um, and I guess in a way it's true because, and by the way, just because I smile doesn't necessarily I'm happy. And sometimes I smile just to calm myself down before I explore. And and it, it's, it's very true that it makes you feel good. Um, firstly, it makes you feel good and It's a contagious thing, like they say with laughter. Like if you smile to someone, they're they're gonna smile back. Unless they're a dick, then they won't. (laughs) But um, I smile, for me now, I smile to calm myself down and whenever I feel stressed out or pissed off and angry, I I always try to to smile because I know I'll calm down. Even if I want to punch someone in the face so bad. (laughs) Can't wait to hit this motherfucker in the face. I just, I just smile just to, uh, just to give myself, um, just to buy myself some time to to calm down and not let my emotions get the better of me and, you know, not just because I smile all the time doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy. I might have a really, because I mean, every day brings different challenges and different opportunities come with different challenges, I guess. And, you know, you might. I might wake up today feeling like, oh man, I'm going to give a lot of fucks away today. I feel good. <laughs> and I might wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I don't feel like giving a single solitary flying fist fuck <laughs> about today. <laughs> but um, I guess that's, that's where the fun is with living. We had to find our own way to sort of deal with our, I mean, we all have our own personal struggles, our own demons that we fight with every day. I mean, I know I do. And that's one way I deal with those demons is to smile even though I'm fuming inside it makes me happy eventually I think of happy thoughts and go to my happy place but that's how how I deal with that and I guess with the smile I mean it's something that we do take for granted smiling we don't do enough of it um, to make other people feel the happiness that we have it doesn't matter if you're going through fucked up shit you just smile, and people would smile because they thought you you're very happy but you know you you've got to I, I think for me I feel happy seeing people happy um, and it's a great feeling to see someone happy and it's very contagious stay happy hashtag stay happy
0: stay happy stay weird and stay happy <laughs> yeah I guess that's that's really important is <laughs> the, the importance of it's even though you make something like you're making a smile and even though it might not be inside that you're truly happy, but like you said, it's when you make someone else feel happy with a smile, they'll smile back at you. And then that could probably change your mood as well. And I guess it just really stems from something you said before is with you wanting to do graphics design. I think this is something that might resonate. You didn't even know what it was, but if you tell yourself long enough for what, you know, you tell yourself for long enough that you're going to be it or you're going to do it. It's going to happen, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I guess it's the same with like Mm -hmm. smiling and trying to, to go through, like go through the tough times and just know that there is the light at the end of the tunnel. And that, you know, some of the, and we all have dark days. I think it's really important that it's not something that we can just palm off and go, you know, we're not expecting everybody to be happy, um, yeah. on the inside but I think it's really important that if you can if we can spread as much as you can and when you are happy show it and I think that's a really yeah. important thing you said before you know like now we can't hug is we've yeah. just got, got to smile instead <laughs> so yeah, and I think that's really important
1: uh,
0: yeah because I mean
1: sometimes um, and I did experience that with people taking their frustrations out on me and then when they do apologize, it's like, oh, you know, I had a really bad day and, you know, um, something happened and I'm sorry I took it out on you. And I was like, well, fuck, man. You had a bad day. Can you make my day happy? Because I had a bad day too, but I didn't take shit out on you. But it's uh, it's that thing. I mean, like I said, we, we all have our own personal issues and things we deal with on a daily basis. Um, but that's not an excuse to make someone else feel like shit Mm. if you're going through a shit day. um, Yeah, I guess taking your frustrations out on someone, is just an excuse to to try and not to deal with whatever you're going through. But a smile is something very simple, but very effective, from my experience anyway. It might not work straight away, but eventually you you do understand um, the importance of it, I guess.
0: I think that's where we can go one step further and look at it as a you know, you talk about um, you know not taking it out on somebody, and a, like how, how do we frame that better? So when things are struggling and you don't want to react, you know, mm-hmm. yep, you, you can smile, but is it is it an op- opportunity for you to to communicate? And I, I guess it's your way in terms of getting frustrated with someone, someone or taking it out on someone is your your way of communicating and potentially asking for help. So mm. there's two ways to look at it. You go, well, if you're the person receiving that, can you scratch your head and go, hey, is there something going on here? Or is it having an open discussion with the person in front of you that says, hey, let's, yeah. let's have a conversation about this. What's happening? What's up? Yeah. How can I help? I guess, is yeah, that yeah. has that happened, I guess, with you in the past? that Someone might have said something and that's, because it's happened to me all the time. In terms of arguments, and then actually just like, hey, what what's the deep issue here? I don't know. Is there any spots like that you can?
1: Well, I mean, um, I don't think I've taken my frustrations out at anyone when I did realize the smiling thing, but. You know, way before that, when I came here, I wasn't a very happy person. I used to read into people way too much than I should. And, um, yeah, now I was a dick, man. (laughs) Um, I guess with all the shit I was going through at the time, I was um, hating on the world and my family here. But um, when I did eventually come around with that thinking, and and I did talk a lot to Henry about it, and that's what he told me. And it's like, Fuck. it sounds very stupid. <laughs> um, just a smile that makes you feel good. But you know, you you try it. And because um, I was talking to Reese uh, on a coaching call, and he said, um, you know, to challenge something, try it. Like with all the information that we take in these days, we always got to think. You've got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't just. Take all the information and take it as the truth, you had to do your own bit to understand it and do your own research, I guess, but that was a great point I learned from from Reese um, fucking love that guy <laughs> um, yeah, so to 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 challenge something, you had to try it so you can make up your own uh, conclusion and an educated opinion on a on a matter I guess, um, but yeah, putting that into perspective, I don't think I've ever taken. My frustrations out on someone realizing that you know because you don't know what a is going through on a certain day you blowing up on them might be the the final straw for them and be like yeah, fuck it you know i'm going to do this and that and then you know so i guess in a way well now with social media and when they talk about influences um i mean we're all influencers in some way in our lives i guess the things we do and say to people and um, how we listen to their problems and stuff, we definitely I mean, I look at it that way anyway, if I can make someone smile even though they're having a horrible day and they just smile back and it's like, no, that might change their thinking, just with that smile, but that's how I think of it I don't know all the answers, but I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's what they're feeling
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, That's a, that's a really powerful thing and with what you said about race and um you know it's something that i try really hard to to do as well and not to give people the answers but to show them where to look and that's where i found the the yeah. quote that is literally a great teacher is shows shows you where to look but not what to see mm. and and that's the thing is is um and that's where i guess open communication is really 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 important um for for all of that moving forward but i guess in this, moving forward, what what are you wanting to, to do and achieve and what's next for you? Yeah, well, um, I guess um, my life...
1: <laughs> By the way, my life is still fucked up and complicated as fuck, eh? <laughs> but I guess I'm still... I haven't really lost sight of the goal to um, send money to my family and do all the things that I can get to do. At least that's what I taught myself. So now that we've got running water and uh, a nice toilet, uh we're working on building a house for my parents because I bought this one for them, but no one wants to move here and live here. It's like, wow, fuck me. So um we're working on building a house and and things like that. But it's it's a lot of money and hard work and sleepless nights, I guess. But um yeah, I guess the goal for me is to get this business up and running. I guess it's the next step for me. I mean, I've only been in the industry for well, I've worked as a graphic designer for five years, but for my stuff, I've only been doing it for the last two years, I guess. And it's a lot of things to learn, because um, the video and the photography I didn't study in graphic design because we had electives and stuff, and I chose to do illustration and screen printing and stuff, because I knew that with this day and age with technology, I can always learn the take side of things later. Mm. Google is very helpful these days. Um, but yeah, I think I've I've done all right so far in terms of learning and stuff, but there's always you always learn every day. Yeah. Um, I heard someone talk about... Um, The opportunity, um, um, turning your, calling your alarm clock an opportunity clock um, because it's an opportunity to to get up every day and, you know, have another go because every day will be different. So you go to sleep thinking about tomorrow's going to be a different day. It's going to be a different kind of fucked up, but I can learn how to deal with that fuck up. um, But for me, anyway, the goal is to, keep pushing forward with what I'm doing now in in the business I guess um, yeah, and always look after the the, the family for me um, it's It's hard to break those ties because i mean it's <clears throat> even though they don't ask for money I feel i I feel like I have to so I don't feel bad, like I said earlier on with the the food I was eating and it's so easy for me to go to the supermarket and and buy steak and mussels and salmon (laughs) but you know my parents might not be eating anything like that so I feel like if I send them some money and they can go buy some food some white people food that would be great (laughs) um yeah
0: but that just really emphasizes the type of person you are selfless (laughs) it's just incredible and that's why who you are is so infectious, you know, it's not only the smile, it's actually the energy you give when you start to talk and, you know, like we're only really seeing it like now and, and uh-huh. it's exciting what what you're able to do in the future that, that you hold because you're such yeah. an asset to to the stuff that um, like myself of the amazing content you've produced for us and everybody um, around the gym, You know, might just see you as a cameraman, but I know that they, the the photos they get and the what the what they see and when they actually interact with you, you're a you're different. You know, you're you're a person that we want to be around. So, you know, we we don't want to bring you along just to take photos. We want we want to bring you along because we want you there. (laughs) that's how much we tell you, get in, get in, stop taking photos, get in. So, um, but that's just yeah. I think that epitomizes who you are and, and what you do. And this just like that's only a touch on your background and obviously you haven't really dived into too much with that, but I think it's given us enough, just thinking far out, like completely blown away with who you are and, and what you know, where you've come from and, and what you've managed to do and what 12 years come from a place where, you know, you, there was, you know, there's no real flush toilet, no, no privilege. There was only hard work, um, tough life lessons, um, and to completely ch- pack up your life and try do something for someone else, i.e. your parents, um, is, is completely unbelievable. And if anybody could take a leaf out of your book, they'd go for miles, let alone read the whole thing. So, thank yeah, you. That's really cool. I um, I
1: um, sorry, were you going to say something? No, you're all right. You go. Oh. Um, I must say, though, because, I mean, I I remember saying the other FYF after we did the workout that I don't think we can hit rock bottom once. Um, Because, I mean, there's certain experiences in in our lives where even though we don't feel like it's that fucked up to be called a rock bottom, but if you're in a situation where it's like, fuck, why is this happening to me? And, um, you know, thinking low of yourself, I guess, because for me, when I met Reese, it was another. Um, it was another. I guess it's one of the best decisions I made, <laughs> um, in terms of the people I m- meet and stuff. Because um, when I met Reese, the relationship I was in a relationship for seven and a half years, I think or six, I forgot. <laughs> but um, so the relationship broke down, and it was a f- f- fucked up time, man. Eh? Um, and you know again it's like you go back to that bullshit that you keep telling yourself when you hit rock bottom first and it's like fuck why is this why does this keep happening to me i thought i was on a roll but um yeah, when i met reese it was a really good timing i guess and i met reese through video work and i was just starting out um, with my own stuff and you know getting to know that guy and then getting to know the people um um, and meeting Greg and learning about his story and stuff, that was, that was awesome. And it's like, man, it's, life is not too bad, eh? Because, I mean, I think life is the greatest opportunity we've ever been presented with, eh? um, I think I told you that before, like going back in the beginning, like the, the chances of us being here was uh, one to 400 trillion or whatever the official status. So if you think of that single sperm, a round of applause to that single sperm that made it there, because now we're here. We'd be. It turns out to be us, and this is the greatest opportunity we've ever been given to to live. And we should make it. Um, however, we should make it better for ourselves. We should live our lives the way we wanted to to live, and you know, um, inspire others. Others, I guess, um, and uh, make people happy and feel like they belong in the world, um, because because we were programmed to to struggle i guess if i can say that you know thinking of that single sperm again like it had to fight real hard to get to the destination and it made it and it turns out to be us so i guess we're biologically wired to be to go through struggles and stuff so we're not too bad we should be grateful that we're here and we should look at life as an opportunity that we only get once because it's crazy to think that we're only walking the earth once. Whatever your beliefs are, whether you—I was a religious. I was brought up in church and stuff. And I questioned a lot of it, but I won't get into too much of that. But whatever your beliefs are, the reality of it, you—we're only here once. And we should take this opportunity with both hands and make the best out of it. I guess, um, and stop blaming other people for. The shit that happens i know i did and that's the bullshit that i always call myself out on um stop blaming blaming other people when you go through uh cheating times i guess just you know it's your life you live it the way you want and you we make our own choices i mean it's easy to make the choices but the consequences are for the stars but dealing with those constant consequences is hard because those consequences drive us to either do or don't um, and I guess that was great learning for me anyway through the 32 years of my life on the planet. I mean, I've, there was a lot of rough stuff to learn from. And I guess I'm very thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful for the, for the people I met throughout the journey. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm grateful for what I have now and, you know, the group of friends and the people I talk to and, you know, to yourself for this opportunity to um, to put this out there, and hopefully someone can go away smiling and, and feeling like they they are not alone. They're, you know, we can we can make it out of the shithole. <laughs> we'll be fine. Think of the sperm. That sperm worked hard for us to be here, right? So don't let it go to waste. <laughs>
0: But that oh. sperm is us, so you remember that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it worked hard, but I guess that's just who we are. We fought, we fought that battle, and I think it's an amazing. way of perspective mm. on looking at it, and you're right. You know, everybody's going to have a really dark time, and, and aware aware of that that it's not not all rainbows and butterflies. But mm. at the end of the day, I think uh, what I get is a lot of people are so focused on the negative that they completely forget about the positive. And it comes down as simple as that. And and I think like being aware that things aren't good and talking about that and or it was being aware that someone else isn't good and yeah. talking to them about it as well, I think it's yeah. really important that we keep. And it's one thing that I've, in the last 12 months, focused on is, is trying to be as grateful as I possibly can for whatever I've got to the point that it is yeah. being able to flush a toilet and not having to scrub the skid marks off <laughs> yeah. the back of it or turn on a warm shower. It's those little things yeah. that we just take for granted and sometimes you've got to bring it down to earth and it's people like you that, that show us that. So that, that's, that's really cool and I thank you for your story. Mm-hmm. I do have one question mm-hmm. from yeah. uh, Paul. We go all the way from Sweden. Outstanding. <laughs> um, he just asked, was your family encouraging when you decided to move to New Zealand uh, or did they want you to stay in Samoa?
1: Yeah, my um, my mom didn't. (laughs) My dad was, I guess, in his own way. He didn't really say much. He's not a man of many words, but um, whenever my family come, my family here in New Zealand come over for you know a vacation or things like that. They still stay in the hotels. It's like, man, they live in a life. And I always looked at people from New Zealand as rich, have <laughs> a lot of money, not knowing that they had to wake up early in the morning to go work. But I always looked to New Zealand as the land of opportunities and the land of the land where the money is. And I was like, if I can make it to New Zealand, I'm I'm sure I can can make something off it. Eh? But I guess I was um, working hard to convince my auntie to help me to come over and stuff and, you know, um, and uh, my excuse was that uh, I want to uh, make a better life for my parents. I don't like them living like this, but yeah, uh, my mom was very supportive. Um, my mom wasn't very supportive of that. She didn't want to, she didn't want me to come, mainly because she's very attached and
0: stuff. Like want I a little boy.
1: <laughs> even now, like when we talk, like she always cries when she has to, uh, hang up, and it's like, oh my God. I mean, I'm not a very emotional person, and, um, but she is. Uh, and I, I guess, I don't know what's fucked up with me, but I don't cry at funerals. Because <laughs> um, I, I was there when my grandfather died, I was holding his hand when he took his last breath that people talk about, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel sad in a way I was, I was envious. <laughs> that he's gone it's like man he's lucky he's gone from all this shit eh? but I don't know I think there's something seriously fucked up with me but my parents didn't have enough money to get me tested (laughs) And so many things I was like oh what what would the doctor say or the psychologist say because you know I don't know man I think of some very weird and crazy shit but I'm still kicking we'll figure it
0: out (laughs) I think you just know that there's a support network around yeah um, for for when they need you Which is which is amazing This is deep stuff That I haven't even heard about yet So like, Unbelievable um, But yeah Thank you for that um, Thank you Paul Yeah that's, that's a good question Mon says You make her very happy too So There's other people out there And I guess If if, 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 we, if we ask anybody in the gym Who's the smileiest person We know yeah. who, Who's fun will talk to But yeah. Point two Sorry uh, just... Go mate Oh,
1: I just wanted to say I'm very grateful for Reese and his family and I guess um for the opportunities that they've given me and, and um through their business and now I'm met all these great people and learning from them. I'm very great to grateful to, to Reese and, and Mon and their family for um, the opportunities as well. And I fucking love those people. <laughs> and um yeah i'm glad
0: that they're 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 doing well as well with their business and stuff but yeah it's it's, it's one big family isn't it no it's an amazing place and yeah absolutely i couldn't speak highly more highly of recent one as well yeah Yeah, Yeah. yeah. that's why we're there anyway uh where where (laughs) do we find you obviously you're doing graphics design and you're actually working privately as well and so where do we find you
1: yeah yeah i have uh (laughs) I have a Instagram page called MacGyver, uh, and that's uh, a name from. You remember the show MacGyver? Yeah. I watched it when I came here because my uncle loves that show, like, like the original one. Um, and I was like, man, it's interesting how he thinks and stuff. I mean, obviously, it's a movie; they had to plan that out. But it's like, well, what if we what if we think of it that way? Like, uh, whatever resources we have, we try to solve a problem. Um, it's funny because. I remember, I read it somewhere. Um, one of the smartest motherfuckers in the world, what was his name? E equals NC Square.
0: Albert Einstein.
1: Albert Einstein once said that um, if he got an hour to solve a problem, he'll spend 55 minutes thinking of the problem and five minutes thinking of the solution. Because, mm. I mean, we had to spend a lot of time understanding the problem, um, the why, and going back to the roots before we even solve it. And I guess for me, anyway, that's one of my biggest problems is that when you get a problem, it's like, fuck, I know I can solve that in two or three minutes. But, you know, eventually figure out that um, you didn't answer all the questions, I guess. But um, coming back to your question, um, I have an Instagram page called Makaiba for my work. I, uh, I'm I'm working on my website, putting all together the video work that I've done so far uh, with Reason. Different clients that <clears throat> I did video for. And so hopefully the website will be up in the, the next few weeks um, and get some more work on there and
0: get that motherfucker out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's spelled M A K A. So M A
1: K A I V A underscore.
0: On Instagram. <laughs> on
1: Instagram. Because apparently someone from Thailand had the. Name so I had to underscore, you know, and I'll need to trademark that <laughs> before anyone else takes it out.
0: No, it's a good one. I'll I like it.
1: it. But yeah. yeah, that's where the name came from, and I just changed it to a somewhat spelling and
0: nice, outstanding, and mate. I think it's exciting. So I think we can probably conclude it there. Is there anything else you'd like to to add? Um. No, I think we've covered
1: most of it. Eh? I mean, I'm still nervous as fuck, like the beginning of this whole thing because I wasn't sure that I'll be able to find the right words to explain what I'm thinking. Because even now, I still have to translate it in my head before I say it. And then because I have an accent, it doesn't help. Eh? Like if my name is Tony, and when I say it, people think it's Donny or Ronnie. I was like, T-O-N-Y, motherfucker. But... um. No, I guess, if anything, really just emphasize on the on the point of the opportunity of life and living. I guess if we ever, um, I mean, I'm talking from my experiences anyway, like those dark times, yeah, I guess be thinking back on, it's a great opportunity to be here. And let's not end it too soon. Like uh, there's always, you can always find a way. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Be prepared to struggle. Life is simple, but not easy, I guess. It's mm. yeah. a good way
0: to put it. Life is simple, but not easy. But
1: not easy. Yeah. yeah. If it was easy, everyone would do it, as Reese will always say. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, this, I guess those struggles builds characters, our character, and make us. Holds us to who
0: we are, isn't it? Exactly. Can't make diamonds without pressure.
1: Exactly. Mm. needs force. But I guess I will leave it there. I mean, there's a lot more to talk about, but that's for another
0: day. But there will be a conversation in the back the background and we can um anyone wants yeah. to get in contact with with you they can. If they wanna mm. if they don't know how to find you then yeah. just message me and we can connect the dots. But Maris will say a massive thank you and uh you've definitely opened my eyes up into a different way to see things and approach things and uh I it's completely changed, yeah. Changed the way I, I, I look at things, and it's for the better. And it's been really, really powerful. So appreciate everything who you are you. and what you do. And right, see Thank you soon. Finally, <laughs>
1: give
0: Thank Thank you very much k- for having me on, man. Give appreciate give you a it. give you a hug without actually getting locked up. I think we're blowing kisses from now on. Eh?
1: We just ah. have to make sure that we we just have to make sure that we brush our teeth, man. <laughs> no uh, one wants a foul-smelling kiss. Two
0: metres, you should be right.
1: <laughs> Two metres, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Nice, mate. Sweet. We'll call it there, legend. Thank you very much. Cheers, man.